Employer attitudes about medical tourism are starting to change, in large measure due to the pioneering work of a physician most have never heard of, but who may have started a revolution in the Cayman Islands. What does this mean for cost, quality, and patient satisfaction? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're pleased to be chatting with Gene Thompson. Gene is project director and director for Health City Cayman Islands, and he's, as you might imagine, laser-focused on what we've been calling medical tourism. And Gene believes that there's a huge tectonic shift coming in this area and that there are lots of markers about that and pieces that have fallen in place to make this more of a viable option for more and more of your clients. So we thought it'd be great to talk with Gene and kind of pick his brain a little bit about where he sees that going because he's at the epicenter of that. And with that, Welcome, Gene. Thank you, David. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to our chat. Yeah, I know that you have a vision about change and how healthcare is delivered in the West. Talk about that a little bit. You know, David, it's it's hard for us to really understand healthcare in the West other than, you know, we, we have a good, good grasp that it is way too expensive. It is way too complex. And frankly, it is not as high level or the uh, outcomes are not as good as, you know, would be anticipated or as that is, is assumed. So our position is, is we want to drive extremely high quality care at extremely low cost with access to as many people as possible. And some of this comes from a model we were talking off air, and I've heard his name mentioned before. There's a fellow named Dr. Devi Shetty. Can you talk about Dr. Shetty and, and what he's doing and how he's gotten to where he is and why he's a key driver in this process? Yes. Yeah, so Dr. Shetty is, is actually our founder and leader. Uh, he's a partner, uh, the, the main partner, and he runs about 35, 39 hospitals in India. And his hospitals are designed on the model that healthcare has to be commoditized and accessible for all. It should not just be for the rich or the, the wealthy or those that can afford it. It should be affordable to all. And what he is doing is is not short of fantastic. For instance, he does a, a cardiac surgery in India for under fifteen hundred dollars or around fifteen hundred dollars. You know, so it's it's a it's a pretty uh, remarkable thing. And the interesting thing is, is his quality is equal to or better than quality of most or any hospitals in the West. Absent the difference in in wage scales and operating costs and whatnot between India and and Western countries. To what do you attribute that? How do they get to that price point? 
volume. It's it's a fully protocol-based system, so it's repetitive. So, for instance, you know, in his major cardiac hospital or heart hospital in India, he'll do 35 or 40 open-heart surgeries a day. As far as we understand, the, the largest hospital in the U.S. does about 35 or 40 a week. So it's, it's based on volume and, and protocol and repetitiveness. Everything in his organization is based on repetitiveness. And, and it's the simple attache, you know, the practice makes perfect or the more you do, the better you get. Do they do multiple, very, uh, multiple surgeries or are they focused solely on cardiac surgery? No, there are. Uh, they have many, many. All, basically, all the major specialties: cardiac, cardiology, neuro. In fact, I was visiting there just recently, and I they have one of the most advanced neurosciences institute anywhere in the world. So they they have a full full service hospital. But his claim to fame, or what he is known for, are the super specialties, the major procedures at much much reduced prices. Because the conversation in, in the States, at least for a long time, has been that the only way to drive that level of volume and, and quality and price is in what we have called so specialty hospitals. But that doesn't sound like what Dr. Shetty's model is. Well, I mean, you know, David, that, that's a challenging one because, you know, when you have a 1.2 billion people that India has, it, it makes it easier to drive volume in any hospital or in any circumstance. But his hospitals are set up. Um, as campuses, as health cities, and they have a cardiac, they have a you know a multi-specialty, a cancer, a eye, ortho, and all in one campus. That's how he functions all of them. But they're all protocol based. They all are repetitive. So, how do you translate that to the states where getting a certificate of need is a multi-year, multi-million-dollar process? You know, David, it's it's interesting. When when we started the journey on to build Health City in the Cayman Islands, the reason that the Cayman Islands was chosen, one of the main reasons it was chosen, it was it, it was a high cost, very advanced economy with you know, with very similar standard of living as the US. And Dr. Shetty wanted to prove that this model can work in the West. It's not just a some Asian model that's you know that's far fetched. And with those high costs, in fact, some of our costs here, many of our costs here in the Cayman Islands are higher than the U.S. But being offshore, uh, we had the flexibility because our government worked well with us to provide us the necessary platform to work off of. We're able to to deliver health care for about a third the cost of the U.S., in a high cost jurisdiction using this model of protocol efficiency effective use of all all our resources so i'll give you one one example our hospital is 100,000 square feet if you created the same type of hospital with the same level of specialties that we have here in in Cayman that hospital according to our us architects would be around 250,000 square feet so that's one example of how we get just get more cost effective, less less cost to build, less cost to maintain, uh, just a much more efficient use of space. And that's all designed based on the model in India. And we'll get back to the pricing and quality in a moment, but I'm I'm curious about how you kind of you you guys chose the Caymans rather than trying to bring this into the contiguous states. And the reason that I asked the question is because Americans and American companies have really been slow in some measure, other than jumbo companies, to take up the notion of medical tourism, even if it's domestic medical tourism. To what do you attribute that and, and how do you overcome that? 
David, you've you've asked me some really tough questions in that that little one there. But you know, uh, healthcare is a very emotional, personal, passionate thing for each and every person. And whether through media, whether through time, whether through generational acceptance, healthcare in the U.S. has become very very regionalized to where the person lives and and where they you know where they're where they're at where they're located the challenge has been is to try to to break that mold and to figure out how we can can infiltrate that you know and what we have been finding is is that many of the people that make personal decisions don't are not the people that are that we're able to attract what we are attracting are are companies that are saying you know what healthcare is too expensive we have a a global or 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 a national organization that needs to reduce costs in this area and they will then work with their staff and and their their employees to send them here to us Uh, we're seeing more and more that happen and what we're actually finding is that people come here, they're extremely happy, and and they they go back very healthy. And these companies uh, save on the average of, of better than fifty percent. So let's talk about how you get to that pricing model, because if that's what's driving the initial interest in this, obviously it's something that we need to understand more of. Is it is it just simply a matter of bundled pricing? So, David, one of the things I'd like to to say before we talk about pricing is we never focus on pricing first. We always focus on quality. And one of the things that we do is we provide a a, a monthly quality report, which is audit can be audited by anybody using eighty KPIs, which allows anybody to provide a full full list of our our full review of our quality. Once they get comfortable with their quality, then price becomes the the main you know the next driver of of why people choose us. So I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that that that's fine. I think that's very important. But you may you made mention of the fact that one of the things that you believe is driving U.S. employers to consider this kind of a model is the cost of healthcare and that it's gotten too expensive. So let's drill down a little bit on quality though, and then we can go back to talking about the pricing. What are what are the key performance indicators that you measure when you determine what what quality is being delivered? Is it just simple things like readmit rate and post surgical infection rate, or is it broader than that? No, it's much broader than that. It's actually much more detailed than that, and it's it's a it's a clinical KPI. About about seventy percent of it are clinical KPIs, infection rates, various other clinical indicators, and then about 30% are non-clinical indicators. And it is very comprehensive, and we produce it every month as a document. It has to be produced a tenth of every month for the previous month. And then, you know, we'll give that to anybody, anywhere, anytime. And there's a reason that we can do that, David, is that every single person that works in our hospital is an employee of the hospital. We have no folks that are privileged, that are independent consultants. So they are obligated to provide, to, to follow our, our protocols on quality and to follow our protocols on, on providing, you know, the necessary information. You know, one of the things that we refer to, and it's a simple thing, is hand washing. Our hand washing compliance is greater than 94%. Uh, hand washing compliance, as we understand, in many hospitals in, in, the, in the Western world is less than 30%. And I use that just as one example. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, 
they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. That's huge, and, and that's obviously one of the easiest things to do, and yet it's not done as often as it should be. Talk about a little bit about, in these KPIs, obviously, I would assume that some, I won't say obviously, I would assume that some portion of those are subjective, the, the patient satisfaction scores and whatnot. What kinds of things do patients say after they've experienced this kind of care? That anything, you know, well, well you are correct. About 30% of our KPIs are, are non-clinical. So they are patient satisfactions, you know, and, and so on. But our patient feedback of positive feedback or excellent feedback, I think is greater than 90% or, or 95%. And they say, like, we can't believe this. We can't believe it was so seamless. We can't believe the, the level of the care and the quality of the care. And again, we live on quality because quality is how we are able to drive down cost. Is is the care delivery model similar? I mean, folks in this country might be more familiar with Mayo or Cleveland Clinic, where the physicians work in teams, the interdisciplinary physicians work in teams. Is that the same kind of a concept? Very much so. Yeah, we we have a team approach to all all specialties, and and you know the the thing that that gives us an advantage is many of these teams have worked together in India for ten or fifteen or twenty years, and we've transposed them here. But yes, we have a team approach. But it is a protocol-based team approach. So every team follows the same protocol every time. All right. So now let's talk about the 800-pound gorilla, which is the pricing. Other than regional pricing variations, how do you get to that kind of a price point, that kind of savings? And, And if you were to open a facility in the States, would we see, relatively speaking, that same level of of price delta? I mean, the, the second question is a challenging one because of, of laws and regulations. We get to these pricing model by, by you know, through, through protocols, through, through efficiencies, right? Driving efficiencies on, you know, on, on everything from, from the so, – so let me start with the doctors. All of the doctors are employee. So how do you – well, let's dial back a bit. Is this currently on, on stateside plans? Is this currently something that you're seeing being adopted on only uh, self-funded plans? Or are you having conversations and other organizations such as yours having conversations with some of the fully insured carriers? All of the above, David. We're seeing very good adoption or reasonably good adoption from self-insured uh, organizations. We are seeing now some of the, the insured companies actually coming on board. In fact, some of the big companies you know, coming on board with us. We see a lot of a lot of self-pay. You know, we see a lot of our, our friends from Canada who have long wait times uh, coming down and, and, and deciding on care. 
We're seeing folks from the region that don't have access to this type of care coming here and, 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 and getting care. We're actually seeing some specialties that are not available in the, in the U.S. that are actually being offered here as well. So there's quite a broad spectrum where we think that, that the, the real, real long-term value is going to be are, are frankly, for the self-insured companies. We think that they will be the, the, the strongest adopters over the long term because they're motivated by quality and they're motivated by cost. If I'm a, an individual patient and I'm in a fully insured plan where I have an option of going to physicians and facilities in and out of network, is there a way for me to determine whether even though I'd be paying the higher out-of-network co-insurance and such, that it might make sense to try to get competitive pricing and quality data from an outfit such as yours, an organization such as yours versus staying stateside? I mean, we, we see that on a limited scale at this time, David, because of the, you know, the current state of the insurance industry. You know, what we're, we, so, so to answer that question specifically, it's, it's limited. That, that area is very limited on what we're seeing and as far as interest goes. To what do you attribute that? Is it, is it just a lack of familiarity or a lack of, of knowledge that this kind of alternative is available? I mean, I think it's it's multiple things. I think it's that. I think as well as it's 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 the comfort zone. We're comfortable where we are at. We're comfortable with what we're doing, so we'll we'll stay there. As well as as you know, we're a small organization, right? So it takes some time for people to become comfortable with this this little hospital in the Cayman Islands offshore that is is a uh, you know run by a, a different type of uh, a group of people. So I think there are many many thought processes there that that drive that and and many many determining factors. But you, you, you measure quality against the same standards that American hospitals measure, don't you? Absolutely. And we're, we're a fully JCI accredited hospital. So that allows us to mark against any hospital in the US. So if, if I'm a benefit advisor, as many of our listeners are, and, and I want to start talking about this with my prospects and clients, is, is this a C-suite level com- conversation? Is that generally where you see when firms start thinking about doing this, is that where it starts? That, that, that was going to be my next point. The problem that we have or the challenge that we have are many of the benefits people are advocates for the employees. And I'm speaking bluntly now and openly. Whereas, you know, the people that really make the, the decisions that have the have the in, you know the interest of the companies are the C suites you know because that's where the the bottom line is is the bottom line is in their hands so we've found the biggest challenge with benefits administrators um you know the the benefits people the HR folks or whatever they're comfortable where they're at they're comfortable with what they do and they don't want to you know to disrupt the employees and and so so that's that's the challenge for us but but when we get to the C suites it makes a huge difference and we are getting decent uptake on that level. Are, are you seeing initial interest in, in the employer community, mostly from the jumbo corporations? Actually, we're seeing limited interest from the real big companies, but we're seeing good level of interest from the smaller and mid-level companies that have, you know, that are a little bit more nimble, can make a bit of a, of a quicker decision that are, you know, generally privately owned or, 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 you know, Three, four, five thousand employees. We're seeing good interest in those areas because it and it has a it has an, a more immediate and, and visible impact on the, for those companies. Last question: When when you do get take up, are they making this care mandatory, or are they just offering at the present time just offering incentives to kind of get people thinking about doing this? 
both. I mean, there, there are some that offer incentives and there's some that saying this is where you, you know, this is where this care will be offered is in this facility. So there's a bit of both. That's a great place to end our interview. But Gene, we, we do hope you'll come back as this grows and, and we can learn more. We've been speaking with Gene Thompson, Project Director and Director for Health City Cayman Islands. Gene, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience. It's my honor. Thank you, David. Look forward to returning at some point again. The Shift Shapers Podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.